Today I want to talk to you about a topic that I get asked about loads from people, which is about how to do a due diligence on a joint venture partner. Welcome to the HMO Success Podcast. My name's Wendy, and this podcast will help you invest in houses of multiple occupation. Right now, we're in a great time for property investing. Um, There's going to be lots of deals coming onto the market. Uh, As coronavirus lockdown starts to ease, I think we're going to start to see more opportunities. But what do you do if you can find those opportunities, but you haven't got the money? And even if you've got money to invest right now, your your money will run out at some point. It always does. Uh, as a property person, as a property investor, uh, you probably haven't got enough money to, to achieve your goals. Well, if you have, that's great. But most people will run out of money at some point. So if you if you run out of money at some point, how do you raise more money from investors? And A second question to that, which is the one that I get asked most of all, is not just how do I raise money from investors, but how do I do my due diligence on an investor or a JV partner? Now, over the last five years, I've raised about five and a half million pounds from uh, other people for my property portfolio. And some of those deals were done by borrowing money on a cash basis. Some of those deals were done by borrowing money on a joint venture basis. And if you're going to get into a relationship, which is a joint venture, then there are a few things you really need to be uh, mindful of before you jump right into that relationship. It can be extremely profitable for both parties, but it can also have its ups and downs. And uh, I've had previous businesses where I was in partnership and uh, unfortunately my the very first training company I ever had failed um, because my business partner and I were not quite on the same wavelength about where we wanted the business to go. Um, so that's really critical. That was that was quite a painful thing for me to go through. Um, and if you've ever been through something like that, you'll know how painful that can be. So you want to make sure you get this right from the start. So I've got a few tips today, really, to help you. Um, things that I've learned along my journey about uh, what to what to ask and what to look for uh, when you're jumping into a joint venture partnership. So let's get going. First of all, I think it's worth you analysing what is the reason for this relationship. So is it that the other person has got money and you've maybe got skills and time and together you want to form a relationship whereby you both invest in property? Or is it that really the investor wants to buy some deals from you? So rather than actually creating a long-term partnership, they really want more of a transactional relationship. I think you've got to identify that early days because if you don't do that, then you're both going to be on a slightly different footing when it comes to the direction of the joint venture. Now, of course, that also will affect the structure that you use. So are you going to set up a limited company where you're both directors and shareholders or an SPV, which is similar to a limited company, but might allow you just to do one project at a time? Alternatively, you might want to set up a contract relationship, contractual relationship between your company and their company, which then doesn't put you as shareholders and directors together, but it allows you to still buy and hold property. So the structure of the JV will, to a certain degree, reflect the purpose of the JV. So getting the purpose right from the start is is really valuable and and it takes a bit of time to to sort that out in your head and in their head. 
Now, when I first started Best Nest with my business partner, Mark, we decided that we would, we would start investing together through an LLP. And an LLP is a, it's a very easy way of forming a partnership, which is less, uh, I suppose, rigorous than a limited company. But it allowed us to see whether we really liked working with each other and did we want to carry on working with each other. So it might be that an LLP is a better vehicle for you to start off with, although it doesn't have quite so much tax advantages, of course, as a limited company. But I think having that kind of start where you're, you're almost testing the relationship and seeing if it's working and seeing if you can both kind of, you know, work together well is really valuable. Now, Mark and I ended up doing six projects together. So, um, you know, we, we really did uh, find a good way of working together. Um, and, and we, you know, we still run our business together today. And, and when there are potential other projects that we might speak to each other and, and uh, talk to each other about that. Um, so that's an ongoing partnership, but we haven't actually done uh, any more projects for, for a couple of years. And I've moved out and I've done other things and got other joint venture partners and raised other money. So the purpose of the relationship, that, that's really, I think, critical to get from the start. And, you know, it does require both of you to be honest with each other. What are you really looking for from this joint venture partnership? If you want to be the passive partner and you want to find somebody who's more active, then you need to make that clear. What is the extent of your role? On the other hand, you might be the person who's looking for finance and you're prepared to be very active and do the work. Again, you need to make that clear that that's what you're looking for, because if at the beginning you blur those boundaries, then it makes it much harder later on to extricate yourself from that situation. A key um, document that you should be aware of as well is the FCA guidance, uh, PS 13 stroke three off the top of my head, which tells you about different types of investor and uh, different types of arrangement that you can have with those investors, depending on whether they are a high net worth or a retail investor or um, a sophisticated investor. So I'd recommend that you download that document. In fact, I'll put the link in below after I've done the live um, to, to the document so you can read it. But basically what it says is that to do a property development or a property refurb or a partnership, then if you neither of you are sophisticated or high net worth, you must become directors together within a limited company. However, if you're working with somebody who's already a sophisticated or a high net worth investor, then you can have another arrangement. So the arrangement, the structure is, is key. So some questions that you're going to want to ask each other. How long do you want the partnership to last for? For example, we've got a joint venture partnership which lasts seven years. It's not lifetime. Whereas I've got another joint venture partnership which is definitely lifetime and we'll, we'll go on, you know, the exit strategy is death. So how long do you want this partnership to go on for? Is it, is it forever or would you like to have a point where you have an exit and you maybe reassess the partnership to decide whether to carry on? Maybe you want to do this project by project. So rather than saying, right, we're going to create 20 HMOs from day one, you might decide we want to just create one property at a time and see how it goes. In which case, it might not be such a good idea to set up a limited company because that's a lot of uh, money to, or there's, there's a lot of investment and time and money to put into a limited company if it's not going to be long term. 
But some of the questions that you're going to want to ask your JV partner, and they will want to ask you too, if they're wise, would be things like, how do you make a living right now? What's your income stream right now? Now, some of these are kind of sensitive questions and will require you to get to know that person quite well before you perhaps broach some of these more delicate areas. But I think if you're going to do due diligence on a joint venture partner, you've got to understand what their financial situation is. I've heard of so many horror stories of people not realising that their joint venture partner doesn't really have an income, either from a job or a business. And they start this partnership all, you know, it's all sort of flowers and romance at the beginning and then soon discover ah, there's loads of problems because, in fact, that partner is really on the edge in terms of their, their cash flow. And this could be the straw that breaks the camel's back for them. So you don't want to get into a partnership with somebody who's reliant on the income, you know, immediately from this partnership for them to be able to survive. They've got to have some other steady stream of income. Now, you can check that out by asking to see their pay slips. You could ask to see their last uh, credit reference. You could ask to see their last SA302 from HMRC, which is their, their, their tax report. Um, you could ask to see some bank statements. Um, you could ask to see their company tax return from last year. These are all pieces of documentation that will evidence the income of that particular individual. And equally, I would say that in the spirit of openness and honesty, you should also be prepared to declare that. And there may be a big gulf. Don't be too worried if there's a big gulf between what you have and what they have. There's going to be a reason for your joint venture, which is money. But it may be about other things too. It may be about tapping into your energy, time, experience, commitment. So even if you don't have a lot of income or many assets right now, and they do, it doesn't mean to say that that partnership won't work. In fact, quite often, when you start off and it is slightly uneven, you find that by conversation, communication and talking about the relationship, you can still make it work very, very well. Thank you, Vicky. <laughs> Thanks for your comment. Do feel free to put any questions, by the way, on the chat panel about joint ventures. Maybe if you've had a joint venture that go wrong, that's gone wrong, or you've got questions about how to make it work, very happy to answer them. I've got quite a lot of experience doing joint ventures. The other element that I would also do due diligence on is their experience. Do they have business or property experience already? What do they understand about the possibilities of property? Are they aware of the current market and, and the state of the current market? Do they understand some of the difficulties possibly about refinancing at the end of a project or the timescales of a refurb? Sometimes investors have unrealistic expectations and you are going to have to set them straight. You're going to have to say what is possible and what can be achieved. And I always believe in lowering people's expectations because although it might be disappointing to hear the truth and the reality that the refurb is going to take a little bit longer than they first expected or that their money may, may take a couple more years to get out or they may have to leave some money in the deal and you may have to come to some arrangement about that. It's far better at the beginning of the relationship to discuss that than wait until it's happened. So you need to be the one that's taking the lead. You need to be the one that's asking these questions and, you know, sensitively and tactfully 
seeing where the, the boundaries of the acceptable relationship might lie. One of the techniques that I always like is uh, giving your uh, joint venture partner uh, a choice. So you might say to them, we could do a small project that will take less time and will enable us to finish and fill that quickly. Or we could do a larger project, but that's going to take more time and possibly we might not be able to get all our money out. Which of the two do you prefer? When your partner is in choice, you're in control. So having two scenarios of, of opportunity, of possibility, might be a better way forward to, to cement that uh, relationship and to, to get it off the, the starting blocks, as it were. You want to ask them also what other assets they have. Um, so if they have other property or do they have other, other assets, other investments, maybe stocks and shares, um, gold, um, they might have uh, you know other, other assets, cars, houses, etc. Useful for you to get a picture of their wealth. Now, some of this, as I said before, is quite sensitive information and they're not necessarily going to want to disclose it to you on the first time that you meet or have a Zoom meeting. But as you go further into that discussion, it is an important aspect of both of you understanding where you stand with each other and what financial backing you each has you each have. Now, I would recommend that you sign a non-disclosure agreement. So at the point where you're getting to the stage where you really want to um, start developing that relationship further, you both can see that there is, uh, you know, there's, there's a kind of a synergy between the two of you and you think, yeah, we can do some projects together. Then one, there's two documents that I would recommend you do. One of them is a heads of terms document. And the Heads of Terms lays out all the, um, the areas of that relationship, the purpose of the joint venture and what each of you is going to put into that partnership. So what your, your roles and responsibilities are going to be. It will also cover the money side of it. So who is going to be putting in the money for the deposit? Who's going to be putting in the money for the refurb? How are you going to split the profits at the back end? Um, what if there's money left in the deal? How are you going to treat that money? So that that's a really important part of the, the relationship early on to get the heads of terms written up. So you both agree the purpose and the product, the outcome of the relationship. Then you have a non-disclosure agreement and the non-disclosure agreement is a very simple document that simply says that anything of, of a confidential nature that we exchange between ourselves to do due diligence on each other, to be happy that we're going to be working together and it's, it's um, that, that we've kind of disclosed where we are financially, but that is a confidential disclosure. So those things will help you if you are trying to um, either raise finance using joint venture strategy to do that. Um, whether you have started up a new business with a business partner, again, it's a really good uh, idea to cover all of these points with your business partner. And it's the old adage of preparation. Preparation makes for a better outcome. And what I see too often is the danger of people getting very excited about working together, um, the, the, the danger of thinking that, you know, the two of you kind of can overcome the world and, you know, together you're going to beat everybody else and it's going to be a fantastic partnership and you're going to be a win-win and it's going to be the best thing since sliced bread. And it may well be, you know, let me not pour cold water on your fantastic vision and enthusiasm. But 
you have to realize that if you don't set it up properly from the beginning and build those foundations right, like any building that isn't built right, it can easily crumble when times get tough. So um, I would really like to you know, encourage you to look at joint ventures as a way forward for property investing, because I really believe that it can be incredibly profitable for both parties, but it needs to be done in those, in those kind of correct ways. Now, Vicky sent through a question. I'm very interested in the legal document required and how much does a solicitor charge on average? So all of this, Vicky, can be done free. You don't need any of, in order to do due diligence, you don't need any, you don't need to pay a solicitor to do this. Um, it's possible to get a statement of liquidity from the, the other person or your own accountant. So that might be something that you would have to pay for. But all the other documents, the you know, bank statements, tax returns, uh, company tax returns, evidence of income, um, list of their other assets. Um, these can be done on spreadsheets and Word documents. You don't need to spend any money to, to get that information. Um, heads of term is very, very simple document. If you simply Google heads of terms, you'll be able to come up with one. Um, and these are all the kind of documents that actually we share on our two day training to help people to move forward uh, with joint ventures and with using other people's money to invest with. So if that's something you're interested in, please get in touch and I can tell you a bit more. Our course this weekend is full, but we have another course in June that you might be interested in. But I just wanted to help those of you who are looking for uh, using other people's money, thinking about joint ventures, how to do this professionally and how to set it up so that you are you're in a solid relationship from the start. Um, so that if later on your your paths do separate, you can leave that relationship knowing that you did everything right from the start and that you set it up with good foundations. And that can often help the exit be a little bit less painful if the exit has to happen at some point down the line. So do put your questions, comments in the chat panel below. Uh, let me know if there's anything else I can help you with when it comes to joint ventures. It can be a bit of a tricky area, so it's one worth thinking and planning for before you just sort of jump in and, and get started. And uh, I'll speak to you all very soon indeed. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the HMO Success Podcast. If you'd like to know more about how you can create a profitable HMO business, please visit our website, hmosuccess.co.uk, to find out more. We have plenty of free tools and information for you there, and also on our Facebook group, The Ultimate HMO Success System. We look forward to connecting with you very soon. Thanks for listening.